history. In our history. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mystery Inner History Podcast. This is episode two of the JFK Conspiracy Theory. I'm here with Chris Barry and <laughs> let's, oh, that's too much. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't stop fast <laughs> enough. Alright, let's pick up where we left off last time. Alright, so let's talk about the next topic. Okay. Why the military or the U.S. military, right? That's the next conspiracy theory after the CIA and after all of that. So that that was the CIA, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's now we're moving on to why the U.S. military, which is nice and quick, short and concise. Nice. Military industrial complex killed Kennedy to prevent him from ending the Cold War. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes some sort of sense seeing how fear is a good tool to like control the masses. Um, and they had one, the cold war, the red scare. So the, I think I closed where I got this particular information from that window. I did. Unfortunately, it was, it was one of those like super conspiracy sites. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Where, where, like, there's zero, yeah. like, thought put into the layout of their website because there's way yeah. too much thought right. put into the ramblings of a conspiracy <laughs> nut. The official JFK assassination.net. Yes, yeah, like, so, uh, something like that. I don't, I don't remember yeah. what it was, like, what the name of the, the actual website was. I only, t- it was two full pages of, like, columns of, like, little print of writing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is the only thing I pulled from it because this was the only real um, valid theory to why the yeah. U.S. military could have done it. So, so take it with a grain of salt is what you're trying to say. Yes. <laughs> On June 10th, 1963, <laughs> President John F. Kennedy gave a speech at American University calling for an end to the nuclear arms race. This speech got more coverage in the Soviet Union than in the United States. On September 20th, 1963, at the United Nations General Assembly, JFK offered to convert the moon race into a cooperative effort with the Soviet Union. JFK's change of approach on the moon race was part of an effort to end the Cold War. The reason the military-industrial intelligence, media-financial complex, which is such a long name, it's Albus Percival... Brian Dumbledore. <laughs> um, Real. I know. The the reason why the military industrial intelligence media financial complex removed him from office. Removed him from office. Yeah, right. Uh, just got him out of there <laughs> via his death. Uh, I mean, hopefully Take him. hopefully that's not tr- not true. But you never know. Right. Uh, yeah. it's, it's horrible to think that the military removed an acting president over keeping a fictional war going. But, I mean, again, all I really have have to go off of is, like, recent times and the amount of hate that was going on when we were withdrawing from Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria recently. 
and North Korea. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, with just the amount of hate that, that was going on there. And it's just like, it's so weird to see people complain about being in so many wars, complain, complain, complain. And then once, you know, uh, MSNBC says, hey, we're pulling out of Afghanistan and this is a problem because X. And then everyone's just like, well, fuck that. We should be in Afghanistan. It's not. So right. I can't even imagine what it would be like in 63 when, you know, Kennedy's he's talking saying, about hey, stopping the Cold War. Yeah. Let's stop this Cold War. Let's join forces and go to the moon, guys. Like, yeah, let's uh, go. Could you, you know, imagine? Like, could you imagine if we went to the moon together? Yeah. The, the unity we would have probably today still. How, how hard would it have been to fake that moon landing? Right. Right. I agree. <laughs> they would have had to yeah. fly the Russians over to Area 51. Like, it was hard enough faking the moon landing with just Americans. <laughs> it was hard. Uh, <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. That's a, that, that, God, what a timeline that would have been, huh? Also, I think like joining forces. I read somewhere, and I can't remember where, but um, I was reading about the moon landing and how, like, when you, it's like if you tell someone a secret, right, or if someone is, needs to keep a secret, somewhere down the line they'll end up telling it to X number of people, mm-hmm. right? Like that's it. It's just like you know. You know, it'll it'll eventually happen. Telephone, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so they said, like, here's if they were going to fake the moon landing, here's how many people would have known about it and known it was fake. Right. Um, and I think it was like four hundred something people, or maybe even four thousand people, or something like that, would have had to have been involved in faking the moon landing. And so, mm-hmm. the, it, like, by that calculation, I think they said, like, over time, over 400,000 people would know for a fact that the moon landing was fake. Yeah. And so it's yeah, impossible to keep it a secret. Like, it's impossible to have faked the moon landing because so many people would actually know as opposed to just think that that it was faked right that it would be completely impossible that does make sense Uh, completely completely off topic and completely um, i mean we're on the moon landing so we're already off topic yeah um (laughs) i was reading somewhere that we you know when we went to the moon uh afterwards you know we were discovered by an alien race or whatever uh, exploring space and we were put into containment where the Van Allen belt came from. Because if you think about it, that's our biggest obstacle right now to getting out in the space is the Van Allen belt, the shield of radiation around the uh, Earth. That somehow we um, lost the actual technology to, to circumvent. Yeah, either we lost the technology or we didn't need it in the first place. And it was placed it there. there. That's interesting. It came back and it was placed there by some sort of unknown entity. And now it's just there preventing us from going that's something i saw it was just a you know a a, a ramble online but i was just like oh that's a weird thing to think about that's an interesting theory though that's an interesting kind of way to look at it yeah because again we have not gone back since it's just yeah which is boggling to the mind but don't worry elon musk is going to get us there 
<laughs> Here's my yeah, question. Weird how though. SpaceX is how, doing all the work. How how come we can't go to the moon, mm-hmm. but we can go to Mars? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer. It's weird. Um, like, how is the Van Allen belt preventing us from going to the moon, but we can launch anything we want to Mars? Yeah. Or anywhere well, else in the in the galaxy. I'm just going to go ahead and say the Van Allen belt is stopping NASA from going to the moon. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where SpaceX is taking us. Yeah. I just I I'm that that's what doesn't make any sense to me. I'm already ready to do this with NASA, and just well we'll just put SpaceX right in there. I want to buy stock in SpaceX. What was that? I said I want to buy stock in SpaceX. That's uh, probably a good good place to put it. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on. Next okay. next conspiracy, why Vice President Johnson? Okay. Answer, political gain. Yeah, that one's pretty easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> there were political differences, personal issues, um, Johnson's involvement in several scandals, and his desire to become president before he got too old. Now, that's that's weird. Political differences and personal issues between the president and the vice president. Now, did did uh, Kennedy not pick this guy as his running mate? Like, how did you that work? Well, I guess you don't I don't pick, really know the history. Yeah, but you don't pick a running mate based on whether or not they have the same views as you. You pick a running mate that's going to get you the most votes. So mm. if you're pro or anti-union, pick a running mate who's pro-union. Okay. And then the union guys will go, yeah, he's got the vice president's pro-union. Maybe it won't be so bad for us. Yeah. And you'll, get right. it, you know, right. you'll sneak a couple votes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, McCain selected, uh, I can see Russia from your house. What's her face? Sarah Palin. Palin, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were not <laughs> of similar thought processes. They were not. They were not compatible. No, yeah. you're right. All right. So here's why people think okay. Vice President Johnson. Besides the the motives that I just gave you, Johnson yep. and his associates controlled many of the trip's details. Yep. Already bad look, but <laughs> yep. as president, Johnson had the means to block any serious investigation. Yeah. This sounds like it's going to just snowball on him pretty bad. And there's no really way for him to look good. Because, I mean, especially if you start blocking investigations like that right off the bat, right when you become president. That's not a good look. The revised route that the motorcade took led it directly past the Texas School Book Depository and Dealey Plaza, site of the grassy knoll, from which many theorists believe the shots were actually fired. Some believe... John Connolly, then Texas governor, had insisted upon the arrangement. Connolly, Connolly was an ally of Johnson, and he, in fact, lost a fight over motorcade seating arrangements and was forced to ride with Kennedy and then, and thus was wounded in the shooting. Damn, dude. I mean, if, you're, if, he, was, if he was involved with any of that, then good. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's hilarious. Not, like, uh, he he sorry, did all this work for Johnson, and then Johnson goes, "Nah, dude, you're riding with Kennedy." But yeah, but Kennedy's Wait, hold on. gonna 
get you're gonna, killed. You're going to be blasting the bullets into there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be right next to him. Shit. Uh, yeah, that's that's terrible. That's terrible to just have him just be like, well, fuck it, you're collateral. Well, well, I don't know what else to tell you. I know. All right. Next up, why Fidel Castro? Answer? The CIA tried to kill him. (laughs) That's enough motive for me. I mean, that's right. So, on separate occasions, President Johnson told two prominent television newsmen that he believed JFK's assassination had been organized by Castro as retaliation for the CIA's efforts to kill Castro. On October 1968, Johnson told veteran newsman Howard K. Smith of ABC that, quote, Kennedy was trying to get to Castro. But Castro got him first. I don't know about that, man. I personally, I think that reflects a lot more poorly on LBJ than Castro. Just like throw, you know what I mean? Like just throwing that out there and just being like, "Oh, well, I guess it was just one of Castro's guys, huh?" Yeah. Don't look at me. Well, so in 1977, Castro was interviewed by Bill Man, uh, Bill Man, Newsman, Bill Moyers, <laughs> Bill Man, News Moyers. <laughs> Castro was interviewed by newsman (laughs) Bill Moyers. Castro denied any involvement in Kennedy's death, saying it would have been an absolute, it would have been absolute insanity by Cuba. It would have been a provocation. Needless to say, it would have been to run the risk that our country would have been destroyed by the United States. Nobody who's not insane could have thought about killing Kennedy in retaliation. When Castro was interviewed later in uh, 2013 by Atlantic editor Jeffrey Goldberg, Castro said, There were people in the American government who thought Kennedy was a traitor because he didn't invade Cuba when he had the chance. They were, uh, when they were asking him. He never was forgiven for that. Yeah, I mean, so let me know what you think about this, but here's my take on it. Clearly there was a plot to assassinate Kennedy. And that much is clear because it happened, right? It just happened, so there was a plot there. Somebody plotted to kill him because he's dead. Right, exactly. Uh, However, it's used today more and more to have some sort of shadow agency do all the dirty work and then blame it on a common enemy. Um, And I say that I say that in the sense of like, like, uh, like, let's just say, let's just use nine eleven. For, for instance, right? Obviously, we all know what happened on 9-11. Um, the Twin Towers were taken down, and we were in the dark for a long time about what happened on 9-11, right? Right. And we never, ever recovered the black boxes, which is absolutely asinine to me because those things never, ever disappear like that. But in this instance, they did disappear, right? Mm-hmm. And then we go a couple years later, and then we find a boogeyman for them because we're already looking at them weird and going, well, we believe that they did this, so we're just going to go to war with them. Yeah. Now, there's no real factual evidence that anything happened between Afghanistan. It's just we were already about to go to war with them, and then we went, oh, well, I guess uh, the 9-11 hijackers were from there, and uh, we're going to go to war. Looks like Osama bin Laden did this all. We're going to go to war now. Um, again, this is just kind of like rambling, but I feel like that's almost the same exact thing that was going on today or, or with uh, with the Kennedy thing. Right. Saying, okay, 
um, you know, he, he got, got shot, taken but, out. And but it was so, because he was looking at Cuba weird. Right. So Cuba got rid of him instead. I just right. You throw you throw well Bay of Pigs in there. You throw the fact that he was trying to kill Castro in there, and mm-hmm. you're just like, you know what? Had to be him, right? Right. Right. And and what they were saying earlier makes a lot of sense. Why would Cuba do something so drastic, like assassinate a U.S. president? Yeah. Knowing damn well that the, all the United States has to do is give the order, and Cuba is now theirs. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's it. Like Cuba doesn't stand a chance against the the military that the U.S. has. Yeah, no way fucked. in hell. No, Cuba's fucked. So that yeah. one doesn't. And sit Castro well knew that, I, right? No, but it's that's where I stand. That's that's how. It's, yeah. it's interesting. So let's move on to the next conspiracy. Why the KGB? Okay. Um, So according to some conspiracy theorists, the Soviet Union, under the leadership of uh, Nikita Khrushchev, Khrushchev? Khrushchev. Khrushchev, I think is how they pronounce it. I'm like, "Ah, whatever. Uh, Khrushchev was responsible for the assassination motivated by the humiliation of having to back down during the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's an interesting take. Okay. I mean, and if you know anything about, um, oh, Jesus, the nuclear disaster in Russia, the hell was it? Uh, Chernobyl. Thank you. If you know anything about Chernobyl, you know that the Russians are very proud people and are not willing to Mm -hmm. admit to making a mistake. Right. Right. That's why they covered it up and there was so much carnage. Um, Right. So the high-ranking Soviet bloc intelligence defector, Lieutenant General Ion Nyahi Pasepa, said that he had a conversation with uh, Nikola Hoboy. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. I'm going to go with Siu Siu. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Who told him about... Ten international leaders the Kremlin killed or tried to kill, including Kennedy. He claimed that among the leaders of Moscow's satellite intelligence service, there was a unanimous agreement that the KGB had been involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. Uh, Pasepa later released a book, Program to Kill, Lee Harvey Oswald, the Soviet KGB, and the Kennedy assassination in 2007, if anyone wants to check it out. That's very interesting. I think, think it's true, honestly. Yeah, and I mean it's that, it's a, believable too. Yeah, totally. Right, like we they humiliated him. They or, or JFK humiliated them, and they had to back down. And they were like, "Well, fuck this guy." Yep, yeah, we're gonna go get him. Yeah. All right. Next up, why the mafia? Okay. This is one of the why other the uh, bigger ones. Or more widely believed, I should say. Uh, Government documents have revealed that some members of the mafia worked with the CIA on the assassination attempts against Cuban leader Fidel Castro. In the summer of 1960, the CIA recruited ex-FBI agent Robert Mayhew to approach the West Coast representative of the Chicago mob, Johnny Roselli. When Mayhew contacted Roselli, Mayhew hid the fact that he was sent by the CIA, instead portraying himself as an advocate for international corporations. He'd offered to pay uh, $150,000 to have Castro killed, but Roselli declined any pay. 
Roselli introduced Mayhew to two men he referred to as Sam Gold and Joe. Sam Gold was Sam Giancana. Joe was Santo Traficante Jr., the Tampa, Florida boss and one of the most powerful mobsters in pre-revolution Cuba. Glenn Kessler of the Washington Post explained, after Fidel Castro led revolution that toppled a friendly government in 1959, the CIA was desperate to eliminate him. So the agency sought out a partner equally worried about Castro, the mafia, which had lucrative investments in Cuban casinos. Weird. Yep. Now, Carlos Marcelo, a New Orleans crime boss, allegedly threatened to assassinate the president to short-circuit his younger brother, Attorney General Robert Kennedy, who was leading the administration's anti-mafia crusade. Information released in 2006 by the FBI has led, to, uh, has led to some to conclude that Carlos Marcella confessed to his cellmate in Texas, Jack Van Lanningram, an FBI informant, using a transistor radio that was bugged by the FBI to having organized Kennedy's assassination and that the, NF the FBI covered up this information that it had in its possession. Christian David was a Corsican Mafia member interviewed in prison. He said that he was offered the assassination contract on Kennedy, but he didn't accept it. However, he said that he knew the, two, the, the men who did accept the contract. According to David, there were three shooters. He provided the name of one, Lucian Sarti. David said that the other two shooters were still alive and it would break a code of conduct for him to identify them. You don't talk about them if they're still alive. When asked what the shooters were wearing, David noted their modus operandi was to dress in costumes such as official uniforms. Much of Christian David's testimony was confirmed by former Corsican member uh, Michel, uh, Michel Nicolet, who was part of the DEA Witness Protection Program. Interesting. Yeah. So the Kennedys were, were fucked with his money. They were fucking with the whole mob everywhere. They, they were trying to get rid of unions. They were trying to get rid of the mafia. They, like, yeah, Robert Kennedy was just trying to get rid of mafia, period. And that is yeah. why he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, uh, not for good reason. Not that he's dead for good reason. Like, obviously, you can't live No, it wasn't good that reason. he died, but he gave them a real right. good reason to want him dead. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, whew. You don't don't fuck, don't fuck with the mob, basically. You don't. You just uh, don't. You just don't. They just have people everywhere. That's the thing with the mob. All right. We are moving on from – those are all the conspiracies. Those are all the, the different people and organizations that are widely believed to um, have been involved potentially with the assassination of JFK. But now I want okay. to talk about – the Warren Commission, okay. which is just a big old bunch of bullshit. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually have not uh, seen this yet, so I'm just going to kind of fire in and out of here with you yeah. um, and stop you when I have any questions. Or... It's fine. Just jump in. Yeah. Cool. All right. The Warren Commission, the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy known unofficially as the Warren Commission, was established by President LBJ through Executive Order 11130 on November 29, 1963. 
to investigate the assassination of United States President JFK that had taken place 11-22-63. The United States Congress passed Senate Joint Resolution 137 authorizing the presidential appointed commissions to report on the assassination of JFK, mandating the attendance and testimony of witnesses and the production of evidence. It's 888 final report, uh, sorry, 888 page final report was presented to LBJ on September 24th, 1964. So almost a year it took. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's public, a lot of pages. <laughs> right. And it was made public three days later. So, so that means LBJ had to read 888 pages in three days. Yeah, right. In less than three days. <laughs> so much. Just, you know, you know, they brought it in and he was like, oh, give me the clip yeah. notes. He's just like, you read it and just give me the summary. Just give me the cliff notes. I want to know tomorrow morning what the fuck this says. Uh, um, it concluded that President Kennedy was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald and that Oswald acted entirely alone. It also mm-hmm. concluded that Jack Ruby acted alone when he killed Oswald two days later. See, that's... That's where it just stinks immediately. Yep. To Acting high alone. To high heaven. Yeah. Like, it's just clear that both of these guys did not act alone. Yeah. Like, it's... Where's the motive? There was something yeah. there. Yeah. There's there's no motive for them to just act alone like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't... Ah, yeah. Anyway. It's, yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The commission took its unofficial name, the Warren Commission, from its chairman... Chief Justice Earl Warren. According to the published transcripts of Johnson's presidential phone conversations, some major officials were opposed to forming such a commission, and several commission members took part only reluctantly. One of their chief reservations was that the commission would ultimately create more controversy than consensus. And that's exactly what it did. So here are bullet points. Um... Of what the report concluded, instead of 888 pages, you get like 13 bullet points. Yeah, that sounds way better to me. Yes. First of which is, the shots which killed President Kennedy and wounded Governor Connolly were fired from the sixth floor window at the southeast corner, the Texas School Book Depository. Okay. I believe that's been proven that that could have actually happened. Like, I believe, like, historians have went up there and, like... With a rifle, the same Acting rifle, out, right. uh, Oswald. Yeah, right. So uh, I believe that that's an actual, like, it, 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 you get what yeah. <laughs> All right, next. President Kennedy was first struck by a bullet which entered at the back of his neck and exited through the lower portion of his neck, causing a wound which would not necessarily have been lethal. The president was struck a second time by a bullet which entered the right rear portion of his head, causing a massive fatal wound, which can be seen by the first lady when she's climbing over the back of the fucking car trying to hold his head together. One of the most gruesome things to watch ever is footage of that assassination because she's literally climbing over him, putting his head back on. Yeah. Yeah, they ripped it open like a watermelon. It is 
horrible to see. Awful. All right, next. Governor Colony was struck by a bullet which entered on the right side of his back and traveled downward through the right side of his chest, exiting below his right nipple. The bullet then passed through his right wrist and entered his left thigh, where it caused a superficial wound. Next. Damn. Yeah. One bullet ripped right through him. Yeah, right? Next bullet. There is no credible evidence that the shots were fired from the triple underpass ahead of the motorcade or from any other location. No grassy knoll is essentially what they're saying. Mm, Next yeah, bullet okay. point. Uh, the weight of the evidence indicates that there were three shots fired. I believe... So two of them got Kennedy and one got uh, Connolly? And I believe, I don't know if I have it in here later on, perhaps, but I believe there were four shots fired and Oswald missed with one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, next bullet. Although it is not necessary to any essential findings of the commission to determine just which shot hit Governor Colony, there is very persuasive evidence from the experts to indicate that the same bullet which pierced the president's throat also caused Governor Colony's wounds. However, Governor Colony's testimony, Connolly, testimony and certain other factors have given rise to some difference of opinion as to the probability, but there is no question in the mind of any member of the commission that all the shots which caused the president and Governor Colony's wounds were fired from the sixth floor window of the Texas School Book Depository. And that's where the magic bullet comes in. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense that the bullet that went through his neck also went through the governor. Right. It would have had to, like, ricochet right. and do, you know, a bunch of different shit. Yeah, and that's, um, that's what they say. They say, like, it ricocheted, like, off his ribcage and shit. It's, yeah. It's insane. It doesn't Definitely make sense. Um, okay, next. The shots that killed President Kennedy and wounded Governor Connolly were fired by Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Next. I, I love how many times they put that in there. I know. They're just going to keep hammering it home. Right. Uh, Oswald did it. Yep. No one else. Next up, Oswald killed Dallas Police Patrolman J.D. Triplett approximately 45 minutes after the assassination. Next bullet, Ruby entered the basement of the Dallas Police Department and killed Lee Harvey Oswald, and there is no evidence to support the rumor that Ruby may have been assisted by any members of the Dallas Police Department. Next bullet, the commission has found no evidence that either Lee Harvey Oswald or Jack Ruby was part of any conspiracy, domestic or foreign, to assassinate President Kennedy. Shocker. <laughs> he didn't look hard enough then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next bullet the commission was found has found no evidence of a conspiracy subversion or disloyalty to the United States government by any federal state or local official next bullet the commission could not make any definitive determination of Oswald's motives duh that's so weird because he was a patsy brah <sighs> and last bullet the commission believes that recommendations for improvements in presidential protection are compelled by the facts disclosed at this investigation. Uh, duh. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, he died. So we, we suggest there should be improvements around here. Really up our game, fellas. Yeah, no shit. Assholes. All right. CIA Director McCone was 
quote-unquote complicit in a CIA benign cover-up by withholding information from the Warren Commission, according to a report by the CIA chief historian David Robarge, released to the public in 2014. According to his CIA report, CIA officers had been instructed to give only, quote, passive, reactive, and selective, end quote, assistance to the commission in order to keep the commission focused on, quote, what the agency believed at the time was the best truth that Lee Harvey Oswald, for as yet undetermined motives, had acted alone in killing John Kennedy, end quote. The CIA was also covering up evidence that the CIA may have been in communication with Oswald before 1963, according to the CIA findings. Three. One, two, three. Other United States government investigations have agreed with the Warren Commission's conclusion that two shots struck JFK from the rear. The 1968 panel set by the Attorney General Ramsey Clark, the 1975 Rockefeller Commission, and the 1978-1979 HSCA, which re-examined the evidence with the help of the largest, the largest forensics panel. The HSCA involved congressional hearings and ultimately concluded that Oswald assassinated Kennedy, probably as a result of a conspiracy. The HSCA concluded that Oswald fired shots number one, two, and four. There's the four shots. And that an unknown assassin fired shot number three but missed from near the corner of a picket fence that was above and to President Kennedy's right front on the Dealey Plaza grassy knoll. There's the grassy knoll. So the HSCA is where the grassy knoll comes from. I knew it was in here somewhere. Okay. However... This conclusion has also been criticized, especially for its reliance upon disputed acoustic evidence. The HSCA final report in 1979 did agree with the Warren Report's conclusion in 1964 that two bullets caused all President Kennedy and Governor Colony's injuries, eh. and that both bullets were fired by Oswald from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. Now, as part of its investigation, the HSCA also evaluated the performance of the Warren Commission, which included interviews and public testimony from the two surviving commission members, Ford and McCoy. The various commission legal counsel staff, the committee concluded in their final report that the commission was reasonably thorough and acted in good faith, but failed to adequately address the possibility of conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, that, I agree with that. They literally I, looked nowhere else besides yeah. at Oswald. Oswald. It was just Oswald. Yeah. And it's weird to me, too. Um, one of the things about Oswald was the fact that he was arrested, arrested while he was just watching a movie in, in a movie theater mm-hmm. um, after the assassination. Right? He, he walked to the movie theater. He got stopped by the police officer. I forget his name. He shot him and then continued on to the movie theater, sat down with gun gun in pocket and everything, sat down and watched a movie and then he got sworn by police. Um, I think he was, I think he was meeting someone there personally. Yeah. It's so weird. Cause like, why wouldn't you go into hiding immediately? Right. Why wouldn't you, you just shot the president of the United States. Why wouldn't you uh, go into immediate hiding or, or go underground or something like that? He was, he was definitely waiting for someone. Right. I, I think. 
now, just one last thing. Mm-hmm. Like we said, this is a whole lot of information. Mm-hmm. So some things get left out. Um, one thing that's getting left out this week is um, our dive into the uh, pop culture association with yeah. whatever topic we're covering. So I just want to point out there is a 1991 movie starring Kevin Costner and Gary Oldman called JFK. And it is based on Jim Garrison, the New Orleans district attorney that that did the investigation into JFK's death. Um, It's based on that pretty good movie. Um, I saw a Roger Stone movie. It is Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Yes. Uh, It is an Oliver Stone movie. Um, He directed and wrote the screenplay. Um, it's a really good movie. I've seen it like once or twice. Um, don't remember mm-hmm. the whole thing, but I do know it was really, really good. And it is also the inspiration for the title of this particular episode, which is Back into the Left. Um, because that is a famous scene from that movie where he just replays JFK's assassination over and over and over and over again and just keeps mm-hmm. going back into the left. Back into the left, back into the left, just showing JFK getting shot and dying. Yeah. Um, there was one conspiracy that I, I wanted to throw out here and, and basically squash immediately because there's absolutely no water uh, holding it. <laughs> was the uh, was the whole uh, the driver of the of the motorcade shot JFK? Yeah, there's zero um, evidence I don't know if you for ever that. Heard that. There, not only is there zero evidence of that, but also if you watch the footage, you can see both of the driver's hands at all times. Yeah. He does look back and it does look like there's an arm there. I don't know whose arm that is or, or where it came from, but you can see both driver's hands on the wheel. So it's clearly not the driver's arm. And even, um, it just looks like even the driver if, looked back. Even obviously if he takes the, a oh. hand off the wheel, the yeah. dude, like, he heard gunshots. Jackie Kennedy is screaming. Mm-hmm. Because her husband was just shot. So, mm-hmm. like, when I'm driving, if I look into the back, I sometimes do the old arm over the passenger seat and look back, right? Yep. Like, yep. That's, that, that could have just been it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, don't, right. don't be – listen, consp- the, the, people who believe that are the people that give conspiracy theorists a bad name. It's <laughs> one thing to question – what the government spoon feeds you. It's another thing to make outlandish claims just for the sake of making outlandish claims, AKA flat earthers. Yes. I'm going to bring as often as I can, I'm going to bring it back to how much I hate flat earthers. If you love, if you love blatant conspiracy claims, if you love outlandish conspiracies, if you love outlandish, Get ready for this one. I put this together because it's just so stupid. I just felt like I had to, right? Are we entering, by the way, Chris, are we about to enter a Q corner? We're going to enter a Q corner. Thank God. Because I love me some Q. Q It's such a broad conspiracy theory that everything fits under its umbrella. It's so bad. Can you explain to me? I I hope you're going to explain to me in the Q corner um, how. Something that has taken place in the last four years 
has something to do with an assassination that took place in 1963. All right. Well, I'm ready for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's the cue corner. So JFK's grave is a cue. Oh, God. Yep. Some aspects and posts related to the cue movement are subject to interpretation. However, most people agree that the grave site of assassinated President JFK clearly forms a giant letter Q. And we're going to show you a picture of it here. So if you take a look, it is it's, his grave site. It's a big circle, and then it looks like there's a walkway off to the side. Hence, it makes a Q. It's a Q. I mean, it's a Q. It's right? a Q. It, it is. I don't. You can't, you can't I, I don't. I, I think that might be one of the more coincidental things, but it is definitely a Q. Agreed. So uh, certainly, uh, some are more. Uh, someone or some group of people has done their homework. Um, but how is how is it that the name Q evolved rather than like a different letter than the alphabet? Uh, initially, the thought was that the letter Q related to Q level top secret clearance. Mm-hmm. But could it have always been about JFK? Oh, sweet Jesus. Right. Uh, Q has often spoken of JFK, and many Q followers believe JFK Jr. faked his death and remains alive. These are the Q leaks. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, because I believe he's he's one of the, the he was one of the last remaining Kennedys, correct? Uh, I, I actually don't know for yeah. sure. I mean, there's a there's a lot of Kennedys out there, but in yeah, JFK's but maybe, family. Yeah, I think he was the last one involved in politics. Yeah, perhaps. Well, anyway, there's so many Kennedys, oh. and they're all involved in politics. Yeah. Well. But, in, yeah, in JFK's too. family, I think he's the last of that like group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like RFK well, or, or Robert Kennedy and, and JFK. Well, Junior never really wanted to be in politics, um, but at, at one point said that it was his American duty because he was famous. He was in the limelight. Um, you know, he was a public figure. He was the son of the assassinated president. So he said it was his, basically his American duty to serve the people of America. That he got back into politics in 1999. But anyway, uh, Q has often spoken of JFK. And many of the Q followers believe JFK Jr. faked his death and remains alive. <laughs> Are the Q leaks related to JFK? And JFK is uh, JFK Jr. is alive and well, seeking payback on those involved in the assassination of his father. That so we'll is the that. definition of conspiracy. Dude, it gets wild. It gets wild. <laughs> you sound so like something out of Ancient Aliens right now. Oh, dude, it gets so stupid. This is why I put it on here, because it's just like, why not? Let's just have some fun with this Absolutely. at the end. Absolutely. So, uh, JFK Jr. is Q. Question. Right. <laughs> is, is, that, is that Q? Oh, no. <laughs> so, photos of individuals seen behind President Trump have been circulating the internet. Many suggest that JFK Jr. has been spotted behind Trump and identified as a man named Vincent Fusca, who has who could be JFK Jr. in disguise. This is amazing. You can see from the photo that uh, Trump and JFK Jr., both from New York City, were associates. It's possible JFK Jr. is behind the election of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It says, is it possible that JFK Jr. faked his death and is Q or is connected to the Q movement and military intelligence? 
review these photos closely. So the first photo we have here, and we'll put these on Instagram, of course, for anyone who's not watching YouTube. So the first photo is, um, you know, the president and JFK Jr. sometime in the 90s, I'm assuming, uh, together, which, again, that's not so rare, right? They're, right. they're just New York, New York buddies. And then the second picture is of uh, JFK Jr. and his wife. I forget her name. Um, but uh, that's a picture of them when they were alive and well. Um, and then this is the picture circulating where people say that this is them alive and well. Uh, this is a Trump rally, as you could probably put together with all the, the fucking red hats everywhere. Stop it. Um, <laughs> Stop it. So they think that this guy and this lady are, are – JFK Jr. And, and wife. Uh, Come way on. Height, right? Well, so here's the thing. Why? Right? Why, why, why would he fake his own death? Right? That's like the main, main question of the yeah. day. If, if he faked well, his own death, why would he? Right. Well, um, in, I believe it was 1999, uh, JFK Jr. was up against a it was, it was either a Senate seat or it was a uh, foreign affairs seat. It was some sort of pu public office seat, but he was up against contender uh, Hillary Clinton, yeah. and they were going up against each other. Um, and obviously, the public really favored the assassinated son, uh, you know, the assassinated president's son. Oh, of course. Um, and he was leading in all the polls. Um, so I, I forget what night it was, but basically JFK Jr. died in a plane crash. Um, right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery behind this plane crash. The first mystery is that um, JFK uh, JFK Jr.'s plane made a stop during the middle of of the flight. Right. Um, for unknown reasons, nobody knows why, but basically there was a stop, and then it took off immediately again afterwards. The thought is, is that he stopped, got off the plane with his wife, and got and got out of there. And basically, the plane took off again and then crashed into the ocean. Body was never recovered. Um, a few things that are that are weird about the crash. Uh, first off, it is the first time uh, that a public official like that had a burial at sea. Body was never recovered, um, and all the footage of the burial at sea uh, basically has been suppressed. You can't, you can't see it. Um, they say that it's 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 uh, out of respect for the family, which I can see. That's I can fair. see that. I mean, that's that is a fair reason. So here's where it gets a little strange, I think. And again, this is all conspiracy. It's all it's all this is all conjecture, uh, right? Um, there was a patent uh, that came out the same year. About I want to say it was five months before this had happened. A patent had come out and was licensed by a law firm that basically allows you to take control of somebody else's plane as long as this device is on there. Right. It'll override all the plane signal, and you can t remotely take control of this plane. Um, though it wasn't discovered on his plane anywhere, uh, the really weird thing about that patent is it was, again, five months before his death, uh, around that time frame, um, and it was it came out of a law firm out of Little Rock, Arkansas, uh -huh. which is owned by the Clintons. How convenient. How convenient, right? So, again, that's the why of this. Um, whether I believe any of this, it's, it's not really. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think this guy's still alive. Um, it would be a nice surprise. And you know what? I think that the reveal of JFK Jr. being alive after, what, 20 years, 30 years of uh, him being gone, coming out and being like, hey, I'm alive. They, I was, I was, you know, they tried to assassinate me. And uh, here's my story. I think that could unite a lot of Americans together. That would be interesting. But um, that's just my thought. It's it's silly, but uh, it's look funny, into though. it. It's out there. Yeah, yeah, it's all out there. You know, it, can, and can again, we... it's just a lot of coincidences being put together and going. Oh well, that's a conspiracy, right? Can so. we go back to this photo for a second? Uh, which one? The one of JFK Jr. and his wife at this rally. Yes. Yes. Okay. Go back to this for a second. Um, first of all, JFK Jr. looks like a fat Howard Stern. <laughs> That's very fair, dude. I'm not even, I'm not even, uh, not even going to deny that, man. Um, secondly, I'd like mm-hmm. to shift your gaze slightly down and slightly to the right of the gentleman, uh, in the all black shirt. <laughs> um, the guy with no neck? The guy that's all face? Yes. He's a very large man. Yeah. Um just wow. Also, uh if you go slightly to the left of Fat Howard Stern, um let's call it two faces to the left of Howard Stern, Fat Howard Stern. Okay. Um the top of the head is cut off. However, you can see the ears clearly about to help this gentleman take flight. That's true. I think the guy hiding in the shadows staring directly at the camera is the most – Dude, Mr. Uh, Thousand-Yard Stare? Yeah, dude. Like, like, what is that guy, him, right? In between the two of them. Yeah, that's a creepy dude. He kind of looks like um, a younger Louis Black. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, so I just actually less, less angry and more devious. So just now I took the name Vincent Fusca and I just threw it in a Google image search and ran it into the images. Uh-huh. And there are so many like goofy comparisons of the two. But here's the thing is like some of them just don't even look remotely close. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's one of Junior and this Vincent guy and like, the face structure is not even close to the same. Now it could just be a yeah. different lens that they use to photograph the guy, what have you. But man, people—I swear to God, people you know, are convinced. But you know that, like, somebody—if you try to dispute this with somebody who's like a, a real conspiracy nut mm-hmm. and who believes this, yeah, they're like just going to say, "Oh, well, if he faked his own death, what's to prevent him from getting plastic surgery to look a little different?" Right. Right, exactly. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't personally buy it, but I, who knows? I don't know. I get it, but yeah, it's that's silly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some comparisons that make a pretty decent, uh, that do a pretty decent job of putting them together and being like, ah, oh, it looks kind of like Junior, huh? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's there's so many weird conspiracies behind JFK Junior. Um, that I would love to maybe one day talk about but I don't know if I really want to get that into it he he, he uh yeah 
don't know. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to, we'll have to talk about it some other time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it there for today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Pause. But yeah, that's, that's the cue. All right, everybody. Well, that's how we will wrap up this time on the Mystery in Our History podcast. Be sure to check out our website, fourguysmedia.com, for news, updates, and a list of all of our other podcasts. Um, we do have a new podcast out. Um, by the time this episode launches, I believe at least one episode will be out. Uh, it's called Someone Else's Shoes, uh, hosted by myself. Um, each episode, I take a look at um, each uh, each episode. I interview a new person and just take a look at that person's story, um, and you know whatever the case may be. So, our first episode, uh, we're actually interviewing a uh, country music singer, um, good friend of mine, Jessica Lynn, and. Um, discussing just how there is um, a, a huge misconception of the music industry these days and, and what it really takes to be um, a touring country music singer. You know, it's, it's not as easy as you think. Um, it's not as easy as you think to get a record deal. It's not as easy as you think to, to get yourself out there noticed. Um, it's tough. And so sounds interesting. Yeah, um, that's that's the the first episode, and then um, our second episode is um, an interview. We sit down with another good friend of mine, uh, Heather, who has been living through this pandemic um, of the COVID era with a autoimmune disease, and so essentially, uh, she is one of the many individuals out there that. Um, Every time they leave their house, they can just die because of the world we live in. Um, so I discuss with her just kind of everyday life, how how living in a pandemic is any different. Um, and we talk about, you know, how she deals with her uh, disease um, on a day to day basis. And um, so the show's just kind of designed to help see, you know, what other people go through Um day to day and, and help you kind of imagine what it would be like to walk a mile in their shoes so be sure to check it out it's on our YouTube page it's on uh, on iTunes Spotify everywhere that you know podcasts are sold for free um, <laughs> and that's going to do it for this week so we will see you next time on the Mystery in Our History podcast and uh, good luck Godspeed bye see ya